Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread, episode 78. Um, thanks for your patience. I've been working my way through the training of another batch of students at Media Light, and we just uh, released them back to their countries. It was really beautiful because this time, because of the generous sponsorship of my good friend, Dr. Fred Garman, we had students from six um, nations around us, and some of these are persecution countries. And so we had one student from Laos, and he just came. He said, I cannot get over the fact that we can just worship and make noise and He just got so much into his worship because it was his chance to not have to be quiet in a house somewhere for fear of the police. So count your blessings today if you're able to just worship God freely. We're in the book of Acts chapter 5 verses 12 through 16 as we watch the early Christian movement expanding. They continue a public presence Uh, You can feel the tension building the same way it built for Jesus as he came into Jerusalem and he began to uh, confront the priests in the temple area day after day. And so now here is his movement that has grown to thousands of people and they are meeting in the temple also on the steps of the temple. They're meeting there every day and they're having times of studying God's word and as That study time goes on, then they begin to pray for the sick. And anybody who is there that day who is sick, uh, that people are encouraged to bring the sick and the apostles pray for them. So today we want to look at uh, healing ministries. Uh, You know, in my lifetime, there have been some very notable healing ministries and people who's, you know, that's their, that's the main thing that is promoted about them as they go in in their public function in the body of Christ to speak the gospel to the world. Healing always accompanies the gospel. And as we said before, you know, healing is not really, it doesn't really solve a problem. Uh, Everyone healed dies. So the point of healing is not fixing everything. The point of healing is to prove that this is not just a crazy, you know, fanatic thing that people have dreamed up, but Jesus really did rise from the dead and he really is Lord over sickness and disease and every kind of oppression and problem that any human could ever face. Jesus is Lord. And if we will get under his lordship and come under his authority by repentance and baptism and following him as a disciple, then his authority covers us and we can live also uh, under the grace of God. And it's a beautiful gospel. And that's what the gospel is. It's a promise. It's a promise about change. And this early church, you know, as we got into chapter five, we saw that the early church was doing some real soul uh, searching because they had a hypocrisy of developing among them because some were being such an amazing example of freedom from money's power and generosity in different ways. And others, you know, they they aspired to that, but they weren't there yet. And rather than just admitting that they, you know, they were growing in, in their generosity and they were trying to become more generous, they would fake it. And this one couple faked it with disastrous results. They came and had a big 
ceremonial gift to the Lord uh, of a piece of property that they had sold. And they said, here is all the money from the property. We want to give all this money. And, uh, you know, they waited for the applause. And instead, they were revealed to be liars, that they were just making a show. So, you know, and we've already covered that story in chapter 5, where Ananias and Sapphira both die on the same day. And the church goes into a deep, um, godly fear, uh, verse 11 of chapter 5. They, they respect the, um, the searching power of the Holy Spirit. That he's not just a spirit that comes to do, you know, do nice things, do miracles. He's the spirit of truth. And he comes to build the church, and the church has to be built on truth. And so they, they examine their own foundations, and people you know, look to their own hearts and their own motivations. And following this time of cleansing in verse 11, there's a, an outbreak of new miraculous experiences. And verse 12 says, Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Solomon's porch was the front part of the temple. And, uh, you know, there's this big miracle ministry that starts happening through the hands of the apostles. And, and maybe a word needs to be said about power gifts in general. And I, I guess we could say a couple things. One is that on the one hand, Scripture clearly teaches that every Christian is equal in sonship. We are all the sons and daughters of God. And the same Holy Spirit that caused the rebirth of the soul when he came inside of us to live, that born-again experience that gave us all of the character of Jesus. You know, it's in us. Now, whether we live it out is up to us, but it's there. And it's alive and it's inside of us. That same Holy Spirit is in every single Christian, everyone around the world who has been born again, has been born again because of the entrance of the Holy Spirit. And that means all the power of the Creator God is resident in every true child of God. Because the gifts of the Spirit is simply the presence of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is there, all of God's abilities are there. And so the miracles done by non-apostles testify to this. Even, you know, even before Jesus was crucified, there were people doing miracles in his name. Remember the story where the, uh, James and John rebuked an exorcist who was successfully casting out demons using the name of Jesus to get authority over the demons. And James and John said, he's not even part of our group. He's never been trained by us. He's not under our authority. We told him to stop it. And Jesus said, don't be like that. You know, he's on our side. So, you know, that that giftedness is in the body of Christ in general. But now, on the other hand, we have to acknowledge that some people within the body of Christ seem to be especially called and released into a public power gift ministry. This isn't just praying for someone's need because you saw a need. I mean, every Christian should do that. If you meet somebody and they are sick, you meet somebody and they have any kind of problem, you're a believer. Take authority and pray for them. God wants to use you to pray for people. They need to see you pray for them, by the way. Now, it's not enough to say that you will pray or to go home and privately pray. 
They need to connect their miracle to Jesus, and you are that point of connection. So uh, it, it really doesn't matter so much what you say, but you've got to have a measure of faith and believe that this is your, you know, this is your ministry too, and God can use you. But on the other hand, you know, we are talking about a public power gift ministry. And there are some people in the body of Christ, I think of Reinhard Bunke in my generation, um, who just seem especially called to a public uh, expression of power gifts. They do this to draw attention to the power of Jesus. They do it on a stage. They do it in a public place. They want people to see it. Uh, And it's not just like, you know, a, a friend ministering to a friend. Verse 12 says, it was the apostles who were doing these miracles. You know, they were the, they were Christ's public representatives. They were trained by him and authorized by him. The word apostle means that you are the representative that goes uh, to another place. You can go to another place like an ambassador and you do not represent your own ideas. You represent the ideas of the one who put you in authority to represent him. So that's what these men were. That's what they had been trained all along to do. And Jesus had trained them to do public miracle ministry. And I think uh, there's something to be said for that. You know, there are those who are obviously gifted by God. And I would hope that people like Brother Reinhardt would be taking the next generation of public gifts evangelists under wing just like Jesus did, and take them around and teach them how this, how this happens and show them also the, uh, you know, the dangers of pride and the other things, the craziness that sometimes gets into this kind of miracle ministry that we need to be aware of. So, uh, you know, you, can, you don't have to feel guilty if you're not out in the streets healing people. If that is not your calling, then you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, here we had thousands of Christians but only these 12 were in the public place laying hands on people. Now, I hope God uses you in this way. And if you follow a leading, uh, you know, if the Lord leads you to be a public speaker about him, then a healing and deliverance ministry must and will follow preaching ministry. You can't see yourself as just a preacher. Uh, preaching has to be verified. And the book of Hebrews says God himself will bear witness. And we need God's witness because this isn't just a, a religion. We are the representatives of God. So, um, you know, if this isn't your calling to go into public places and do miracles, that's okay. Don't feel like every Christian is supposed to be doing this. It takes, you know, actually it takes a certain kind of mindset to operate in these gifts And there are people that are, you know, by personality and by gifting, they are called to this public forum, this, you know, this very public way of representing God and of doing the work of God in public places. So, um, I hope that's, uh, okay, I'm going to cut that part. It just takes a certain kind of mindset. And if God, if God wants you in this ministry, he'll give you that ministry. Now, the key ingredient we see in verse 12 was the unity. It says they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That unity 
that was in the early church. You know, this group's collective faith level, and that's what they, uh, you know, the, the praying evangelist, they need the faith level of the crowd. And we know this is true because of Mark 6, 5, where Jesus goes home to his own town, Nazareth, after he has done mighty miracles all over the nation. He goes to, Ma- to Nazareth, Nazareth, easy to say. And the scripture says in Mark 6, 5, Christ could do no mighty miracles in Nazareth except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. You know, the unbelief can totally shut down the work of miracles. When Jesus had a big miracle to do in the raising of um, Jairus' daughter, and he had a house full of unbelief, he, he put them all outside and closed the door. He couldn't have that in, in the presence of trying to work a miracle. And so, you know, if the apostle is going to be Christ's representative in the public place, the apostle needs the supporters to be with them. And these supporters stand beside them and they encourage that gift. They support that gift by their faith. They believe also. They pray also. Now, verse 13 tells us that the people could feel, on the one hand, everyone is rejoicing at what is being done. Miracles every day are being done. You know, even while the priests and the, the scribes and the Pharisees gather on the back row and sit there and judge, people are being healed in great numbers. And, you know, the old powers in the local religion, they perceive this as a threat. And you can feel the tension Verse 13, people are scared to join this group because joining this new movement, it has a cost. But the spiritually hungry are willing to pay it. We'll see in verse 14, the the movement just kept growing. Now, the scripture says the people in this town, they uh, admired the goodness in this dynamic movement. People were being helped. This movement was pure. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about power. It wasn't about religion. You know, it was God at work helping people. And these who were following Jesus, they just loved people. And they were doing all they could for people. A scripture uses the word esteemed. The people esteemed these believers. Um, and in, in Greek, that's megaluno. And it means to magnify them. They made them great. They lifted them up. They held them up in in high honor and in their estimation. And so this group continued to grow. It grew because it was an evangelizing community. It was centered on reaching others. They had a mission. They knew their mission. And reaching others was that mission. Everything else they did was secondary. So they worked to bring people out every day. They, They wanted... Uh, this opportunity, this this special time when, you know, God had like stirred up the, the waters in this whole city. And it was like, if you get into this right now, your life will be changed. And everybody believed it. That was part of this group. And they were out recruiting and pulling people to join. And God was showing up doing miracles. You know, uh, young, new churches, young, new ministries. They're the most like this. Uh, it's really hard to re-energize an old wineskin. It's it's usually better to just start new groups. And if if you want a, a case study on starting new groups and on how to use relationships 
to build a Christian community wherever you're at, uh, I really encourage you to to get our book, uh, I Want to Bear Fruit. It's available on Amazon in the Kindle uh, form and PDF, oh, I mean in, in a Kindle format. And then it's also available on hard copy. If you just write me, Chuck at Quinley.com, I can tell you more about that. Uh, verse 15 describes these miracles. It says, they brought the sick out into the streets and they laid them on beds and couches. So at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Wow. Unintentional miracles caused by the seeker's earnest faith. Now, amazingly, Peter stays so humble. Uh, you know, even with this kind of phenomenon, you know, he's not too many months past his own recent failure at the trial of Jesus when he denied that he even knew the Lord. And that, that failure has sobered him. It has allowed him to see what sin can do to him. And uh, he's determined not to ever make that mistake again. So Peter is keeping his heart pure. And I think Peter's such a beautiful example of a ministering spirit. Uh, you know, he had a good marriage. He took his wife around with him. Paul makes reference to that. And here's Peter just doing a pastor's work in this city. And the Holy Spirit is using him in a very, very powerful way. You know, a lot of people can pass the test of adversity. Uh, but they fail the test of success. And here's Peter with the most amazing success you could ever imagine. And he's a guy from a little fishing village. He's not a man used to big things. But God has put him in the spotlight, and he handles it so well. You know, I've seen other people fail, and it usually begins with some small symbolic perk that you allow yourself to receive. Or um, you see another person have that that special privilege and you covet it and then you install this special treatment for yourself in your ministry group and you know you get some sense that you are above other people that you are special to God that you're entitled to some extra benefits and that you don't have to keep all the rules and you know sometimes people in ministry even pass this on to their kids and they give the kids the impression that they are royalty and they're entitled to some special favors because of uh, our success in the church. You know, this whole nepotism thing where your, your son has to always follow you and be the next pastor. and It has destroyed so much young potential. And it, it robs them of their own adventure with God. And you know, kids uh, in the ministry, uh, well, not just the ministry, but... I think especially the ministry, but any, anyone who's prominent, you know, if you succeed in life in a big way, your kids are at risk because of that. Uh, it's easy for them to become inflated, partly because the people love them. They love your kids. They, they make over them so much. So, you know, let your kids feel that love. Like I would shield my children from the conflicts and battles, you know, that are sometimes going on within a, even a ministry team. And kids don't need to know about that. But, you know, Eli, he destroyed his sons with allowing them to have special privileges because of being around uh, his ministry. So pass the test of success. Verse 16, we're wrapping up. 
Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, and they brought sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Jesus in this passage is continuing his ministry through the lives of his disciples, just as he promised when he said, these things I do and greater things you will do because I'm going to the Father. You know, Christ has poured out the Spirit on us, and this allows us to be His hands extended. It allows us to be the ones who practice healing, deliverance, saving lives all over the world. This is happening right now among every tribe and people where God's children have been scattered. Good work is being done today. I love the way that this passage ends. They were all healed. That's what I want to see happen. So may the Lord use you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for the people you know and to minister to those that you come across. And if God calls you into a public ministry of healing, then may the Lord give you both the huge faith and the power of God to exercise that ministry fearlessly, but also the humility of God that you can handle the uh, the applause that you tend to get in ministries like that and that you can have a good strong lifetime of service in that ministry and that your children benefit from it as well well that's all for now uh, if you would like to talk to me about anything just email me directly my personal email chuck at quinley.com and hey if you're interested in attending the next media light uh, batch. It's going to start in October. October, I think it's 2 through December 1. If you check out MedialightAsia.com, you can get all the details. MedialightAsia.com. God bless. That's all for now. See you next time on Thread. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Log on to Quinley.com.